Hello, hello, hello. No, just kidding. I'm not going to do the accent. Uh, I was just in England the last few days. Oh, first off, welcome. Welcome to Life Too Seriously. I'm Dan Whitehead. This is my podcast. This is episode two. My guest is Patrick Howard, and I will get to him in just a second, but I want to go back to England. I don't want to go back. I just want to go back to talking about it. I do want to go back. Just not right away. Um, we went from, my family and I, went from Tuesday night, we got there Wednesday morning in London, and just got back last night being Sunday, and I had been before, I, uh, went when I was like 11 or 12 years old, so it's been some time, um, and I really enjoyed it, I really liked it, it was funny because we kept, uh, as we were walking through, saying like how similar it felt to the U.S. as far as feel and look. It has this very like New York City, Washington, D.C. vibe in the sense that it's very diverse and there's so many different types of people that you almost forget you're in a foreign country um, that's dissimilar from, again, in New York or D.C. because there it's so touristy and widely cultured and all that stuff too. So it was, it was just kind of funny to keep remembering like, oh yeah, we're in a whole different country. We're in, uh, and continent for that matter. But yeah, overall we had a really great trip. Uh, a lot of good stuff we saw, a lot of history. It's funny that a lot of the stuff, you know, you just see from the outside, you always expect like you're going to be able to walk through these palaces and, uh, you know, old buildings and things like that. But then it's really just like, okay, there it is from behind the gate. Check it out. And you take a picture in front of it or of it or whatever. And then you move on and that's it. Uh, it's a very clean city. Uh, props to you, uh, England, London, a very clean city. Uh, and, uh, I was very happy to be there. It was fun to try to navigate through said city uh, we mostly let my brother do that. He was very good at the uh, GPS and all that stuff. We also didn't want to use too many of the data plans uh, over there. So we would just figured let him do it. One person has the phone and uh, we're good on that. So that's what we did. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Had a nice time with the fam. Uh, we got to see some history be made with our first ever uh, Major League Baseball game played in Europe. And England, obviously, but in the greater European continent. And uh, that was really exciting. It was even more exciting to see the Yankees beat the Red Sox twice. We went to the first game ever, but there was two games. They won both. Um, the first inning was like, had to be almost an hour. And uh, it was like six runs scored from one team, six runs scored from the other team. Both changed their pitchers after the first inning. It was crazy, and it was like, so most of the game was played by uh, relief pitchers and stuff like that, but yeah, overall, really great game, met some nice people over there, um, it was interesting getting back, though, we kind of had split up, and uh, made our ways back, but it was funny because uh, my brother went with my mom, and he's, again, the navigator one, so it became, like, kind of my job to now figure it out, and uh, after some couple uh wrong turns and things like that we were able to get on the right uh subways and get back to where we needed to be but boy was it crowded on there we were uh quite packed in those 
in those subway cars. But uh, again, we made it back fine. It was all good. Uh, we enjoyed one more day going out to Abbey Road as the cab driver called it the most uh, busy or the busiest uh, crosswalk in England because everybody wants to try to recreate the uh, the famous Abbey Road Beatles walking across picture. But to me, it's like, really, you're going to stop traffic for one thing to possibly get it because you're not going to get it in sync with the, the people. I mean, unless you're going to stand there and pause and it just looks silly. And two, every other person is doing it before you, after you, days before you, years after you, everybody's going to do it. So what's really that special about it? And, you know, again, maybe it's different for people that are really into the Beatles and stuff like that. But I think a lot of those people that were doing it, were just doing because look, we're at the crosswalk, let's do it. I was fine with taking a picture. I actually was more interested in Abbey Road Studios itself than the crosswalk. Um, but of course, you can't go in it. Uh, I think they're doing something next month or something like that so for like limited tours or something. But on a normal day, you can't just walk in there. Um, I would have rather done that than worried about trying to get a picture on the crosswalk. But to each his own. So uh, I could keep talking about London. Um, I might bring it up in future episodes and things like that. Uh, but uh, I don't want to harp on it too long. I'd rather just get to the action get to the goods. Um, one last thing I'll say about it is that the people were all really friendly. They're all really great. Um, every Brit or uh, I met even people from Ireland, things like that. They were all really nice, uh, really welcoming and loved to talk to us about uh, where we were staying, how was our trip, you know, here's a place to check out, things like that. Um, I think my favorite, funny enough, was this bar called The Ship. And the reason, uh, not because it was a bar or pub, excuse me, uh, <clears throat> not necessarily because it was a pub, but that was really like an added bonus, but more so because of the people that have walked through that particular pub, which were people of the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, um, Eric Clapton, all these like amazing people that kind of rose up in that Soho, London area. Uh, came through there and we part of our rock and roll tour that we did was seeing this bar and so we frequented it frequented it uh, a few times afterwards and uh, really enjoyed it London Pride the beer was uh, my favorite beer to have I had it several times had a couple gin drinks you had to you're in London right when in when in London you gotta have a gin drink I tried to have as much I tried to have as much food uh as I could of their culture. So I had, you know, bangers and mash. I didn't have fish and chips. That was the one, one of the big ones, actually probably the biggest uh, one that I didn't have. But I had bangers and mash or sausage and mash. mash. Oh my God, I can't speak today. I'm very sorry. I've been up uh, a very short amount of time, so I'm sure that has to do with it. And I should probably have had like a big glass of water beforehand, but I really wanted to get this up for you guys. Anyway, um, yeah, so the food was really good, um, very diverse even in the food as well. All the waiters are non-English uh, English country people. They're all from France or Hungary or uh, other countries that, you know, part of the Euro European Union, uh, and they came out and they work as 
waiters and stuff like that. It's kind of the same way here, I guess you could say, right? All right. Well, who's our guest this week? As I mentioned at the top of the uh, episode, it is Patrick Howard. I've interviewed him a few times. Um, He's been a friend of mine since, uh, well, we really became close friends sophomore year, but we were friendly uh, from the start as we kind of talk about in the episode. Um, This episode's a little different than the past episode because with this one, we just naturally kind of started to focus more on projects that we worked on and we were kind of taking a trip down memory lane with that and kind of giving you a little uh, inside look on that kind of stuff. Um, So if that interests you, um, please stick around. Uh, Either way, stick around. I think it's a great episode. Um, A lot of good energy shared between Patrick and I. A couple funny moments. Uh, We had to stop a few times and uh, kind of contain ourselves and and, uh, collect ourselves and keep going and yeah, I think I think you'll uh, really enjoy this one, and uh, I hope you stick through to the end because um, we have you know a really good conversation, and uh, I would hate for you guys to miss it. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, now I got this. Okay. You got just the one ear? You shouldn't. Oh, it's like going back. Okay, there, there we go. You got it. Papa, can you hear me? What is that from? What's um No, that's from Yentl. Because <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool 2, they make a reference to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you want to build a snowman? It's fucking Yentl. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Papa, can you hear me? Oh, my God. My voice is bad. It's okay. You have a good singing voice, you think? No. <laughs> uh-huh. You just think your voice in general is good. Voice in general, I think it sounds pretty good. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we got a badass over here. We got a badass over here. Oh, man. All right, well, what's been going on with you? Oh, uh, a lot of things. Uh, got a girlfriend? Yes, I know. I, I know. know. I know. I won't stop oh my God. talking about it on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. We know. Uh, Instagram knows. The whole world knows. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, she's great. I love her to death. Um, her name's Sam, and she's wonderful. I'm quite blessed to have her in my life. And it's it definitely, I think when you get somebody like that in your life, it kind of just kind of clears your head and gives mm-hmm. you more of a trajectory of what you want to accomplish in life and what kind of goals you want to achieve and get. Establishing a system to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just jumping right into the deep stuff here. I, I like know. it. I know. It's good. Yeah. Well, we don't need. We don't have. Uh, there's no. There's no need for the foreplay because we uh, we've done it so many times. I guess we can mm-hmm. just jump right in here. Right. Sure. Um, <laughs> just right to the hard stuff. <laughs> right to the butt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we're um, not taking life too seriously. <laughs> no, yeah. God. I feel like we're living up to the podcast thing. Yeah. Yeah. I drink water on here. I'm probably just going to drive people nuts. Like, no. We- <laughs> just drinking tea. Did you know this is tea in sign language? Is it? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Just kidding. I'm on count that one. <laughs> no, but this is tea in sign language. This is coffee and this is water or like drink. And this is, I think, asshole or like that. Yeah. yeah, and this is bullshit. Oh, yeah. 
that's that's true. That's I'm not, I didn't just make that up. I know you've done it before. Actually, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to do. Um. Anyway, get back on track with that. So, h- how long have you been dating now? We've been dating since uh, last November. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that six months? No, that's about eight months. Eight months. Wow. Yeah. Getting close. Yeah, one year, which has gone by so fast like that. Yeah. I can't believe it. Uh, I think at, at some point, like in January, even though I was still, you know, dating her then, I was still like kind of in this kind of slump and just wasn't really performing well at work and didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So sure. I felt like I was just going to be stuck at retail the whole time. But I think after that, I got more involved with Sam and now I've got an idea. I want to go back to school and get my teaching certificate and just, I think I want to, that's how I want to contribute to society that way. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask you more about that. So what, what kind of led you to that decision to now say, you know what, maybe teaching is a passion of mine. I think it was always, I think it was just going back in the recesses of my mind and realizing, I think I'd always loved, I think talking about the subjects that are interested in me mm-hmm. uh, with other people. And I mean, not always, it wasn't always like teaching them about, the, I mean, I guess in some way it was teaching them just by talking about it. Right. But um, just so I could somehow, if somebody wasn't interested in that subject, I could kind of come in and just tell them why I love mm-hmm. movies or like just antiquing or like archaeology or just old ancient stuff from history's past. And so I could just teach them that stuff, kind of, the different um, facets of it and why I love it and hopefully they can kind of get a new perspective on it. So I think the perspective that you can gain from learning about somebody else's interests uh, can actually help you in life in subtle ways but in big ways too as well. Yeah, I I, uh, I thought about doing it myself um, throughout the years of like, it, it was definitely a good, um, I, I hate to call it a plan B because it sounds like I care less about it but it's kind of a good, um, you know, alternate path, I'll say, yeah. for me. Um, and something I think I would actually really enjoy myself and um, get, like, fulfillment out of. That's the key. You know, it's one thing to be doing a job that pays well and whatever, but if you don't like what you're doing, and obviously there's no rules to say that you can't change, you know, when you're 40 or, or whatever, yeah. but I think... Figuring it out sooner rather than later is almost always better. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. So. And, you know, dreams, they're not always finite because that's why I think we're, ten, we, we're, we're, ten, we are taught to believe that if we have one dream and we kind of step away from it to do something else similar, mm-hmm. that we've kind of somehow failed right. without realizing that, you know, dreams are kind of malleable and they can change like that right? because you've like kind of discovered something within you that you didn't know you were interested in. and. As long as you're doing what you're doing and it makes you happy, then there's no reason to think that you failed in life. Or it's a good way of looking at it. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm. So, uh, are you like? Is that something you're just thinking about, or like actually taking the steps towards it? I am taking the steps toward it. I've actually uh, applied to the uh, accelerated teaching program at Notre Dame at Maryland University. Okay. Um, I did that. I completed that application at the beginning of June. Uh, uh-huh. So hopefully. I will hear back um, by the end of this month or hopefully the beginning. Um, I'll probably be actually calling them to see when I'd probably hear an answer. Mm-hmm. From them. So what does it mean accelerated? 
Well, it's just, it's kind of like a, I would be getting my certification and not necessarily like a master's degree in teaching. And it's just kind of a, a shorter time period of getting it. Okay. So I think like at Towson, they have a two year, I think it's about two years to get your master's. Right. Uh, if you have a bachelor's degree. So you don't have to take the four year uh, program. But with Accelerated, it's a little over uh 12 months, like 15 months, I think. Uh, like a year and a half. About a year and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'll get a teaching certificate. So what does that mean? You, you can teach college level, high school level? Uh, well, I'll be getting my certification in secondary uh, school, which is high school level. Okay, okay. That'll be English, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then would you eventually want to teach college? Or? I would, yeah, because when you get your certification, a lot of times schools, if you get picked up, if you get hired by one, they kind of do entice you to actually go get your master's next mm-hmm. uh, which is which is understandable and that would be the next step after getting my certification is to also then look into getting my master's in teaching which I think would include more money and just yeah kind of a better career mm-hmm. as a teacher yeah definitely mm-hmm. and what uh, what are your family's thoughts on it uh, they're totally for it they think that they understand that I think most people are going back to school mm-hmm. to get another degree or just some kind of certification just to get the job that they want or just to get the living that they want. Yeah. And they're totally for They're totally supporting me on getting teaching and cause they know that it's just, it's, it's been getting some trouble of just trying to get a, get a job mm-hmm. in the career I want and just kind of people recognizing the talent that I had and also just accepting the, I guess the bachelor, the, the four year bachelor's degree that I worked hard for and that's not really clicking. So I think it's, Getting putting more effort into school will actually get me where I want to be. <clears throat> Do you find it kind of um, frustrating in a way, in that sense of like, you know, because I've had this where it's kind of like, well, why don't why don't they believe that I can do this? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like if they, it's one of those. Just give me the chance and I'll show you I can do it. Exactly. Sometimes a piece of paper can't tell you that, mm-hmm. and that's, that's why like I always just. I want that chance. I want them to just to take at least a risk of just interviewing me mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes so I can convince them to take a chance on me and without them just having to go buy like, you know, a resume, which I know can only tell you so much. It really yeah. depend, It really matters with what you can tell them in person. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, they just really kind of, if you don't hook them in with your resume, then they don't even bother so, or with your cover letter. So yeah, it is very frustrating and you kind of just have to keep persisting and just kind of, I guess, learn new ways to work the system of getting a job mm-hmm. and um, perhaps try new things that can get an employer's intention. So, Have you had a lot of jobs that go by where you're like, oh, I should have had that one? Like, like, Oh, yeah. Recently, yeah. It was like with a, a copywriting position and like a financial um, kind of marketing firm mm-hmm. um, in Baltimore. And, it, and honestly, I, I kind of told them, but the way that I really don't have cop, like the traditional copywriting experience. I've done script writing. I've written commercials uh, for like real estate companies in Maryland before. And I told them that I do have script writing experience. And they told me that that was actually a kind of an advantage that I had over other candidates. And I thought, yeah, I thought the interview went great. I, they were told me that they were kind of following up with me on uh, a proofreading position because they had, they kind of weren't going with copywriting anymore. They, they wanted to try proofreading, but that kind of dropped and didn't go anywhere. 
What do you mean to drop? They didn't call you? No, yeah, they didn't call me. They said they were going to follow up on the proofreading position, and right. they never did. And I followed up with them after a few weeks of not hearing back with them with two people who I was talking with and just didn't get a response at all. Oh, like left a message and nothing? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, which I hate that part of the of, hmm. of the process is sometimes they just don't call back. And yeah. Just, yeah. It, well, it's become so... Um, informal and also like impersonal impersonal i guess is better yeah and it's like oh well it's fine like it's just uh, you know you don't answer the call it's not a big deal you don't answer your email it's like they're just seeing words on a screen or something like that they forget that there's a person behind it there's who's you know trying to make a living trying to advance in his career or her career or whatever and you know, it's it becomes yeah, like kind of impersonal. And I don't need like a long apology. I just need an answer, right? Like yes or closure. No. Yeah, it just it can be like an automated email, just mm-hmm. sending it to me. Because I know I'm sure they're interviewing fifty or maybe hundreds of people for the same position that I'm applying for. Right. But all I need is just like a simple yes or no. Did I get the job or no? Yeah, we decided to go another way. Thank you. Yeah, that's something. it. That's yeah. all I need, so I can move on without like standing on my toes, just kind of waiting for something. Right, because you'd hate to find out that, like, you start making the process to do um, this teaching certificate, and then down the road they're like, "Oh yeah, hey, remember we're just following up with you now." Yeah, and it's like, "All right, but I already moved on." Yeah, seriously, you know, it's too late. So there's there, my my mom's had that um, happen to her where she's applied for something in like the fall of one year, and then they didn't call to like early the next year or something like that. It's like, again, sorry, but I you know I moved on or whatever. And I think for that one she was still available, but. Yeah, it happens, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the, the, the shitty thing of it. But it's like, I can't wait around forever. No, of you course know, not. you got to no. move on. It's it. Yeah, but. you can't just do one application and just kind of wait. you got to do as many as you can just to kind of put your name in the water mm-hmm. uh, and just see what fish, uh, metaphor, uh, what fish <laughs> uh, bites for it. Um, but, yeah, if, if you don't, then it kind of dries up and you're kind yeah. of just, you're one out of, like, thousands of people who are applying for jobs. Um, oh my god, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, are you applying for like other things in the meantime while you're doing the school stuff, or are you still going to just focus on that? No, I'm definitely applying for uh, better jobs, uh, ones that are in my field, but also ones that aren't per se, uh-huh. uh, ones that maybe are have to do or involve jobs that are related to like jobs I've done in the past okay. that I have experience in um, but hopefully they actually pay a little bit better like what? Uh, like customer service positions um, maybe assistant positions as well uh, just doing whatever I can and whatever positions look interesting to me that aren't necessarily in my field right. but I think that could work with my school schedule mm-hmm. whenever, I'm, whenever I'm accepted yeah yeah Gotcha. Yeah. Which is, it's always a job, like, for the meantime, doing it. Yeah. But understanding that, really, school and finishing that and getting my certification is the end goal. Getting the job, actually, I really want. So, if you got accepted, what, start in the fall? Hopefully, start in the fall. I know, I think once I get accepted, I'll have to meet with an academic advisor, and he or she will tell me when would be the best time. Okay. Um, how are, you know, the clock is ticking for the fall semester. So, I'm actually, right now, thinking it's going to have to be in the spring. Okay. Or for enough time, because also I'll be applying for grants and uh, financial aid as well, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, what else is I going to ask you? Hmm. 
so much cork. I don't know. Okay. It's, this thing is very, like, I know. temperamental. Um, what, uh, what does Sam want to do? Well, she's really passionate about photography, mm -hmm. um, like you are, and she's, she's very, she also loves her job at Target. Really? Sincerely. Yeah, she does. And I think she's, she was actually working uh, for a studio company where, you know, they kind of take sport photos of teams and like stuff like that. Uh, but she re she was realizing that she wasn't getting much hours with that. So she's kind of sticking with Target. Uh, but she still wants to pursue photography. Um, mm -hmm. She has her own website. And I think she's still, I think she's starting to look for, I guess, freelance gigs for photography or just any company that can hire a photographer, like maybe full time with benefits, which is would be awesome. Mm. Yeah, I think that's her goal too. Is it because Maryland isn't exactly a hot spot for this kind of stuff? It's especially for photography. It's probably New York. It's probably LA. Has have you guys had conversations about like looking other places? No, we really haven't had uh, conversations about. Uh, about, about that per se um, although I mean these, those are conversations that we should have I guess we just haven't got to them yet yeah mm -hmm. I mean well before she came into play was that a thought you had about like looking in other states and things oh, like yeah, that oh yeah definitely I think even before I was thinking about going back to school mm -hmm. I was just trying to apply for positions out of state and see uh, if there was anything good but it's just the air time. okay everyone okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah see if there are any uh, interest in employers out of state? See if they could, they were interested in me. But then I always start to think, like, okay, maybe just because I'm out of state that they don't consider me. Mm -hmm. They'd rather have someone who's actually in California already, or maybe in New York, and then they could easily interview them then. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Crap. What was I? Here? I'm having like <laughs> just a brain. Fart this is a very right. unexpected uh, podcast episode. I know, right? Yeah, people are just like, "What the? What is happening?" <laughs> this is great. Wendy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, or or the episode will be like 30 minutes because I just have to cut out all this BS in the middle. Uh huh. Um. Well, okay. So would would you go back towards Missouri? I mean, I don't know if there's anything anything down there, but I mean, or Texas teaching maybe. Yeah. I, when I think of like going to the Midwest, it would have to be like after I get my certification mm -hmm. and also looking up what qualifications or what I would need to do to get a teaching license there mm -hmm. if I would need any. Right. Because um, I would think like just in terms of like cost of living, it'd be cheaper in the Midwest than it is here on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would definitely consider uh, moving down there. Okay. So you uh, you were there for... Wait, from birth to... So I was born in Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Uh, Shawnee right. Mission, Kansas, and until um, four. And then we moved to uh, Blue Springs, Maryland, which, I mean, Blue Springs, Missouri, <laughs> <laughs> which is just outside of, a, like, downtown. It's in Kansas City, it's out, but it's actually kind of outside of downtown Kansas City. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, Blue Springs is also the home of uh, uh, David Cook from mm -hmm. American, American Idol. Idol. Yeah, yeah, that's our one claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I spent until 2011, mm -hmm. and that's when we kind of my parent, my mom got a promotion in healthcare in her career, and they we moved up there to Maryland in 2011. It was like the summer of 2011. Yeah, and yeah, that was just huge. That was probably like the biggest shift in my life I'd ever experienced. How so? Well, it's just because up to that point, I'd lived my entire life 
in the same town and I had none, nothing, I had none, I, I, I knew nothing else really right. other than in terms of like big things that went on in my life, uh, right. other than, well, I think other than moving, it was, I think, adopting, uh, my older sister, mm-hmm. uh, from foster care. That was probably, probably the, I, I would say, I would actually argue that's probably the biggest thing than moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just realizing that, you know, this was going to be a, a permanent move up up north. I wasn't really kind of resistant to it. I guess I'm somebody who can kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have questions. I'll have some concerns, but I'm not going to be like the rebellious teenager. Teenager, because this is I, it happened when I was a teenager. I wasn't going to like you know fight the power, like trying to stay home for some reason. I kind of mm-hmm. realized like, no, this is this is going to happen. It's 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 better for the for the family that we do this. Um, it'll, it'll offer a better future for all of us. I kind of I knew that from even a younger age. So I, I didn't fight the move at all. Um, I mean, I can't say, I can't speak for my siblings if they did or not, but I certainly kind of just went along with it and just hope for the best. Did you? So it probably felt just easier just to accept it because instead of, like you are saying, yeah. instead of trying to fight it, you might as well just embrace it and, and accept it quicker. Yeah, because I didn't want like my reaction moving up north be like in those bad 90s movies, kids movies where you have the new kid moving into this new town. Right. Well, little to know that uh, do they know that they're going to be on a great adventure in the new ha- in the new house in the new town that they're in? Uh, right. I didn't want to be like that kid because yeah. I had seen that and I hate those characters uh, from movies. So <laughs> I definitely didn't want to replicate that behavior. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was did you ultimately feel like it was a pretty easy transition, or was it pretty? No, it had its difficulties. Um, I think the first my junior, year, I think even my senior year of high school, I, I did have friends, mm-hmm. but it was they weren't friends outside of school. Okay. Um, they were just people I kind of knew. We were, I, were fr- I was friendly with mm-hmm. um, in class, but I kind of I, I really kept to myself. Uh, I, you know, I, I, would, I would read. Actually, that's probably the most I've ever read in my life was during those two years mm-hmm. of moving, um, and then doing my junior and senior year was I just kind of read up. I, I read what I wanted, and yeah, I, that's kind of how I made peace with the move mm-hmm. and just trying to get through at least trying to finish high school. Right. Because I didn't, because then I knew with college, I kind of started fresh and kind of, not say perfect, but kind of do better at finding my own, my own identity because, you know, with high school and even middle school, there's all these cliques and crap like that and you have to be part of this group otherwise you don't belong. <laughs> but with college, you can start anew and find yourself and what you're interested in and how you want to live your life right. afterwards, So, which right. was great. And how... How did you feel your transition into college went? I think it went pretty okay, actually. Yeah, I think even my freshman year, which was still kind of like my my junior and senior year of high school, which was pretty quiet and kind of kept to myself. Um, I, I feel like I, even in class, I knew, I knew people there. I was friendly with them. I feel like I didn't really make true friendship. I think maybe at the end of freshman year and then sophomore year, that's when it started going. I, I think sophomore year, that's when I met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is I think the first well, we met we met at the owl orientation we did right for for uh, I don't know why I always get jump over that for some reason I always forget it's okay because I always forget when I first met Greg so yeah uh, so yeah I did meet you at the owl orientation but that kind of like was like a single event yes and then kind of just flew by and then I kind of like reintroduced myself yes uh, when we were working on that our friends project which I think was 
of course, I can't remember if it was the first semester or second semester. I think so. I think it was year. first. Was it first? Yeah, because I remember the foliage. I remember the um, leaves. I remember it being like October. Was it okay? Yeah. 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 No, I think we. I think we we got off with a without a hitch. I think we, we mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, we worked pretty well together. Well, yeah, I've told this story to you before, but I remember at that orientation like seeing you and I'm just like oh that's cool this old man is like <laughs> coming into school like starting a little late but that's cool you know like uh, older guy whatever so then you're like yeah I'm uh, whatever you were 19 or whatever or 18 I was like wait <laughs> years old uh, like <laughs> in dog years or yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, actually I guess in dog years you do only then you'd be like eight or something yeah. but <laughs> that may have to be like a Mensa for that to be possible yeah yeah but no I just said yeah I remember being, you being thinking you were a lot older or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I think we I think we like socialized here and there freshman year but yeah I think that project was probably the one that really kind of sealed the deal and then of course um, what really kind of strengthened it was bringing in Greg to it and then kind of like the, the triangle was complete I think it was the um uh, Marshall Louder project that we did the where are they now yeah 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 which which is where I first met Greg yeah and then I think that's where we got an idea of how we all work together mm-hmm. I think which convinced us to pursue more projects together right which then kind of sealed our friendship yeah. yes the podcast boys mm-hmm. as Chris uh, Chris Reed dubbed us I think during the like a when we were learning about uh, film festivals he kind of just threw it out there like oh okay this is if you know, I remember I, or at least the way I tell the story is that it was when we were going to South by Southwest because we were in the prime of GeekCast, the podcast, RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh, is the podcast boys going to be doing a podcast when we go there or whatever? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do this podcast or meetup and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that was the first time I remember hearing it. Okay. I guess when it was like it happened, maybe it was after when we got back. Maybe that was when. Okay. I don't know. But then instantly we were just, it just like whenever we heard it, it was like. Bam, that was it. We were like, podcast yeah, like, boys. So, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, and of course, that's our group message and all that stuff, name. Um, but when we went and did that, which I thought was one of the best weeks of my life, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but we went to that podcaster meetup. I, I really thought that was going to be like the game changer, you know? Me too. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, like we're going to give out these cards and we're going to spread the word. And then all of a sudden we're going to get all these Overnight listeners. success. <laughs> Overnight success, exactly. Cinderella story. But it, I wouldn't say it was the opposite, but it was just the same. Like nothing changed. No, yeah. No. We left a bunch of cards and then, you know, that was it. But, uh, okay, so then when we... Now we're into what we're in. We're like sophomore year and sophomore stuff like year, that. Yep. And uh, where are they now? Was really the first time you met Greg? Yeah. Because you said that you knew a guy who would be great as the uh, porn director, Rick Shapley. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. He was. And I was like, okay, sure, can't wait to meet him. And then yeah, because he then also Greg he brought he he bought pizza. Yeah. That shoe, which was a nice way. That. That's like his notorious move. Like oh, I'll do pizza. <laughs> but. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because I was just telling that story last night that um, that we or you wrote a script for it and then you submitted it to the junior narrative class, right? And it won, mm-hmm. and they produced it. And we, when we, I remember seeing it because we kind of you wrote it, but like we kind of worked the concept together. I, I wrote it, but when we shot when we did ours, yeah. it kind of became a little bit a little bit more. 
Yeah. The best way to say it. So we kind of, we added stuff. We took some stuff out. We kind of extended some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember, yeah, when we saw it, their version, we were like, that's not what we were thinking at all. Yeah. Because um, when we when we sort of, what was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 this is the weirdest podcast episode ever. I was like, my throat. <laughs> oh my god i'm leaving that in that's so funny <laughs> some high quality H2O. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sorry folks <laughs> um okay so i'm not like all over the place here so when so when we did the where are they now we saw theirs, didn't like it because we thought it just, it didn't capture the, oh, I remember what I was going to say. So when I, when we were in that, like a lighting class or, or cinematography class, do you remember? And we were talking about like old stars and like what they would be doing. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. kind of the, the kernel of the idea. And I think you just went and ran with it. Right. Was that? Yeah. Cause it was, it was Axel Van Helden's class. That's right. I think first we had to like pitch like an idea mm-hmm. at the very most. Um, yeah. It was an idea. Is that whose class we did it for? Yeah, it was Exo's class. Yeah, if I remember. Oh, or, yeah, no, that sounds right. Because it wasn't GT's black and white course. No, no it was. And Ernst, Ernst wasn't. I mean, he, I think he, he was, was there, there, but I didn't have him until I think junior year. Yeah, same year. I think it was until so like senior be... production class. Or no, no, not senior production. I think for me actually it was. I think senior production. Really? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess it was Excel's then. Yeah, because we did that, and we did Excel Van Held in the Curse of the Black yeah. Skull. Oh, yeah, I take that back. The junior project that we all had to do. Narrative. The narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when I had, that's when I had, yeah, we had Ernst. Okay. So, but yeah, I think we had, because that's when Rachel, she uh, pitched her brother's script. Brothers, mm-hmm. She did for uh, Excel. Which so, I loved that one. That was great. That was fun to shoot. Yeah. You got to do some acting in that one. That was nice. Yeah. And just acting, mm-hmm. which was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, I kind we kind of pitched our ideas on a, on the dry erase board. Mine was, I was just because I remember watching as a kid those like e true Hollywood stories. Yeah, behind the music, behind the stuff. music. So I'm like, just yeah, where just we get this whole span of a, of an artist's life mm-hmm. uh, from birth to what they're doing now. Right. And all the times the the more interesting, the more compelling episodes would be the ones where the artist kind of had a high point in their career and then they kind of just fell out of favor. Uh, out out of favor with uh, with their in, with the industry that they were working in, mm-hmm. and usually I think more compelling was like the rock stars because I mean not to say that you know actors and actresses didn't get involved with like drugs and like sex and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but, but it was always that was always synonymous with rock stars, right? Um, so I kind of took that idea uh, and kind of just ran with it, but I always wanted it to be very kind of goofy and a bit of a spoof mm-hmm. on that idea so it would have kind of these non-sequitur just jokes that you would see in monty python and holy grail so like that was a big inf- in, uh inspiration um spinal this is spinal tap was another yeah, that was one a huge one yeah uh especially getting that documentary feel mm-hmm. uh uh which and then the kind of the, the script actually was probably one of the easiest scripts i've ever written it was only like 12 pages i think mm-hmm. um but it just kind of wrote itself was it that long yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was 12 pages. About, it was about as long as my senior project. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it kind of just wrote itself, and it was just, it was, it was, yeah, I got it done in, I think, at least 
a day here or two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hadn't done that many drafts, honestly. Um, but yeah, I was actually like really satisfied with it. And you know, I kind of turned in the class and like, I think everyone else was reading it. Like I think Will was reading it. And he thought like, God, this is really fucking funny, dude. This is, right. you should, yeah, you should definitely film this. Um, which we did. And, and didn't we uh, also, we, um, was it, was in the script the part of um, the Christian Bale meltdown thing? Was that in the original script, or did we add that when we shot it for ourselves? That I think it was. It was in the script. Um, but once again, like what what we did with it was we kind of just expanded upon it, right? And like in the original script, I have like a few lines, mm-hmm. a dialogue um, that you kind of then took and just kind of made it your own thing, especially with the interviews as well. Right. There was only like a few bits of dialogue because I, I guess I just didn't know at the point at the time really how to make it longer right but you kind of just improvise I think I swear like 99% of the interview <laughs> yeah I did yeah I would yeah. say yeah like you started off with scripted lines and then kind of just after that you kind of just did your own thing which funny enough and another conversation I was having last night too was if you know I was talking about acting and doing this kind of stuff and I I enjoy it when I'm doing stuff of my own or a friend of mine's where we kind of have talked about it a bunch yeah to just like have somebody call me be like I want to do hey would you want to be in this part I'm like "Mm," immediately I'm like I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. especially if it's drama because to me comedy is so much more fun to do because there's so much more like wiggle room with it I feel like no yeah I think it is and just with you at least personally I, I feel like that's just kind of in you right more you're not as dramatic of a person you're more of a kind of chill back but also goofy yes person yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's so that's it plays better to my strengths mm-hmm. and we were talking about like accents and stuff like that and I remember somebody just said it, I, I forget who but they were saying like it's this weird thing when you do like accents or impressions that you all of a sudden start to say words you would normally not say. So, like, for example, I would never use, like, lovely to describe a person, right? Like, oh, this person's lovely, you know, or something like that. But all of a sudden, when you start doing a British accent, for example, you're like, yes, the person's very lovely, right? And you do all that, and all of a sudden, you're like... You I kind of do, like, a Freddie Mercury, like, this is very lovely, dear. Like, yeah, yeah, darling, or darling. whatever. And, like, I would never speak like that. So it's not only you're doing an accent, you're picking up words that mm-hmm. and a vocabulary that you would never say. Yeah, the that project is that um, our pilot, our undecided pilot mm, episode, mm-hmm. which I'm in a, in the grand scheme of things, I'm very proud of. I think as a first time because it was the first time directing it. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Um, I, I still, honestly, I do wish it could have been better. But mm-hmm. I think just I guess what resources we did have, we had to kind of make do. Yeah, I'm you know because I'm proud of it as as far as like we took it from let's break the script. So you know you you wrote that one right. Yeah, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you you know writing. You guys this, pitched ideas as as I wrote it. Yeah. Right, and so you you know you wrote the script. We kind of figured out how we're going to do it. We found our crew. We we casted. We practiced. We did it, and like finally finally seeing it come together. That was kind of like one of the first times we really did it. From like, it wasn't just like, okay, today we're going to come up with an idea and we're going to shoot it and it's going to be done by tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like this rushed idea that we normally would do. So seeing it over time, like build up and come into something, come into its own, good or bad, and find the casting and doing all that stuff, I just that's where I'm proud of it. No, for. yeah, that alone is an accomplishment, a great one at that. Um, even though maybe it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, just the fact that we actually made something, right? Uh, 
we made an episode of, of a you know of a pilot yeah. uh, is a great contract because it's just so freaking difficult to make anything in mm-hmm. the realm of movies and television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 that character or the characters that we all played, I think, really played well to who we are. I mean, obviously, I like you know, people will make the joke, but I really was like pushing the extent of how silly or or stupid. This no, yeah, you, you, you went to yeah. I, I would I would say you kind of went too far. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point, yeah, I kind of told you to just kind of pull it back a bit. Right, right. Because like I, uh, I I say some people like Greg would come in and be like, no, that was pretty much you, you know, or something like that, and say like I am that stupid or something. But you know, but those are the roles that I would show. I would show Marshall. Uh, no, you're Marshall Letter. Uh, Rip Steele. I would show these like the the funny characters versus if we had finished. Um, live a little, which will haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, I do, I do like you do those annual just reminders of the pictures that you only, only <laughs> yeah, I only have the pictures and I have like a clip here and there. I don't right. have like, a f- I don't even have enough to like put a short together. Is it just the clips of, uh, is it Will pulling up and getting you guys as the Uber driver? It's like that. And then it's the scene where I was like, come on, man, live a little, where I'm telling yeah, you. Right. Oh, yeah, where we're, yeah, okay. And the, um, when we got to use the, uh, the showroom. Uh, the like fake dorm room, yeah, which was so cool that they let us do that. By the way, but mm-hmm. um, shout out to Stevenson. But uh, yeah, so like that role was so dramatic, quote unquote. Like there really wasn't a lot of humor for my character, you know, especially because the one scene we had a film. I was like, oh, I never get to go out and blah blah blah, and like that was so not who I am. So uh, those roles, that that role, I was like, eh, I, I didn't even want to take it from. At first, I wanted to find somebody, if you mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun to do that stuff. For sure. No, definitely. Yeah, I think it's always a great learning experience. Even if it doesn't turn out great, Yeah, at least you know, okay, next time, I can nail a little bit better. Yeah, and even even the one we did going back to South by Southwest the night before, um, the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Breakfast. Yeah. And I we did that one night. It was such a great rush doing it because we, right. we had to get it done. Um, we had to get it done within the night then we also had to go to bed i think right. that same night or something yeah. Or, yeah at least we did we we filmed half of it or like most of it and we had to finish like the last couple seconds when we got back no what or happened, was it my role we filmed the entire thing on my phone just because that's what we had and uh we figured it was like excuse me such a, like a more internet video idea so it was, it was like fine. a viral video viral yeah. type of video yeah and uh your scene when you came in, for some reason it didn't work, so we had to film it again. I think was mm. what happened gotcha. the, the next week. But yeah, we were so like for some even though there wasn't a rush, I think we wanted to have it out before the movie came out. And I think by the time we got set by Southwest back from it, the movie was out. Well, yeah, like we were rushing, but I, what I meant by like just a rush of like just doing it in one oh, night, sure, just yeah. like kind of the nights that were you know being creative and trying to make this thing like on the on the spot. There's like there's yeah. nothing to go off of. Other than the idea. Right. And that idea is another one of those like great things where it was like Greg and I, I figured if you were there, but we were. You told me after you got back from the grocery store. Yeah. We were just shopping. We just saw the cereal and we're like, oh, this would be funny if they started. We originally thought do it in the store, fight in the store. Right. We're like, that's not not practical. (laughs) Practical. Um, I combined like possible and practical. <laughs> anyway, practical uh, for us to do that. So then we thought, okay, well, we can't do it in the dorm room. And then you had your solo apartment at the time. So 
that worked out. And uh, the but the funniest thing is um, when we when we did the shot of you guys hitting oh, the yeah. boxes, and it was just funny in hindsight because you 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 cut away before they really just as they make contact, right? And then so it's just funny that we could have done that without actually making that whole fucking mess. All we, and we did it twice, if you remember. Did we do it twice? We did it the first time, and, and we were like, eh, it doesn't, like, because we watched it back. We're like, all right, let's try one more. And we had to pick that shit up off the ground <laughs> and, like, put it back and like, in the right boxes so it wasn't, like, black cereal was coming out of the Superman yeah. box and whatever. And so we, like, did it, and we were like, bam. And there's a great clip. I have it somewhere. I think one of mine on my hard drives where we hit it together and you just see us immediately crack up. And that's why we had to cut it. That was the first, t- was that the first take? Maybe that's why we I think that was the first take, yeah. Yeah, because we immediately cracked. I mean, Greg and I could not keep it together. When no, we you it. couldn't because it was that shot. And then I think when it was the shot of you coming two coming together, together yeah. you guys kept on cracking up. And of course, yeah. it made me laugh. So I kept on like shaking the phone because I was yeah. laughing too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was a lot of fun. And then in that same apartment, we did Keeping Up With The Gordons, too, which is when Greg got to play Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that was pretty funny, too. That was funny. Um, I I guess I I didn't care for the actors that much, but I thought the idea was was funny enough. And I think the the punchline. Yeah. The punchline was great, I think, just to see (laughs) Greg and Batman. That was great. I know. And he wrote it as a... He called it like... um, Oops, Batman, or something like mm-hmm. that. But I was like, yeah, we can't keep... Can't. Oops, Batman just sounds weird, and it also, like, kills the joke. Yeah, right, it does. You know, so I was like, it can't be called that. So I thought keeping up with the Gordons was a funnier thing. And it predated... I'm pretty sure it predated Gotham. So we did Gordon in, first. In theory, they took your idea. <laughs> yeah. We're, they were keeping up with the Gordons, but we did it first. So you heard it here, folks. Um, I love the one point that you, that the, you always... Talking about how um, the teacher, was it Jaeger? Jaeger, yeah. The one thing he liked about it was that you used the white screen bars. <laughs> I know, he he would harp on that and harp on that. And I'm like, right, but did I... What about the directing? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that is the class you're teaching. It's not um, widescreen bars class, it's directing class. So did I do that? That's where she did Brothers. Oh, is that where she did it? Okay. Yeah, okay. that's where she did Brothers. It just dawned on me, her and Will. Right, because his note... For her, for brothers, was the whole baby lens thing. Lens baby, yeah. The lens baby, because I guess I don't think he liked it, or he thought we used Too we much. used it for the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> which, much. Is, which is like, I guess you just don't understand cinema, because to me... He was a horrible teacher. Yeah, well, and we won't say his name, but... Um, oh, yeah, because you already did. I already did. <laughs> last night. Yeah, all right, fuck it. Um, but uh, the thing about it is, I feel like... The more and more I think about what film is and what it can be is like there isn't a wrong answer to like if you if you confidently do something and like do something on purpose and that's what you wanted it to be, then so be it. It's your project. Right. So if Rachel and Will decided they wanted to do the lens baby on the whole thing because they felt it worked best for the story, then who is he to tell them they're wrong? Right. I think the one thing is I, I think the the problem or the questioning arises is when it's clear that. That's not what you wanted to do. You're kind of just covering yourself sure. uh, with a kind of a, oh, yeah, it was supposed to be experimental. Right. How we would sometimes joke about in class. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it was supposed to be like that. It's experimental. Right, right. Uh, yeah, just to get was, away. It was just an excuse with, yeah, it was crap. We didn't know what we were doing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I, I, I think about now, though, like. Oh, yeah, it's not a science. It's, it's art. Yeah. It's, yeah. However, I mean, some people will like the choice and the other people will not. Right. And, it's, yeah, as long as they're happy with it and. And then that's fine. And I, I, I 
am very satisfied with it. I thought it would came out well. Yeah. And uh, I thought the lens baby worked. I thought it did. I I I mean, it was just kind of I've never seen that lens before. Mm-hmm. So just seeing it in action, I thought it was cool. It just gave the video a more of a distinct style and look. And it was sharp. Like, I mean, the parts that were like not on the edge, you know, like in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, especially the one scene that always comes to mind is when you come around that tree and you're like kind of in fear and you're coming around. I thought that shot was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and then we're like the running through the sea, the the woods and stuff like that. Like it had a good build up and everything like. Yeah. And once again, I, f- I felt like while we were shooting it, that the script really felt more like a blueprint. It mm-hmm. wasn't something we were kind of sticking mm-hmm. to because I feel even like the dialogue. I can't remember how much of it she had written that we had actually said mm-hmm. out loud. I think mm-hmm. we were just more improvising or just kind of getting an idea of what to say. Yeah, we were like ballpark saying what, uh-huh. what they wanted, which is my, for me, that's the best way to work for myself is like, I, I'm not going to remember the line for word for yeah. word, even if I wrote it myself. As long as like you're, what you're saying is hitting the emotional beats that right. have to happen in the scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that too. I'm, I'm someone who... It's it's a little refreshing because I can go both ways. Right. If you if as long as you're hitting the emotional beats that I I need from the scene, the dialogue isn't finite, isn't written in stone. But also, if we're all agreement that we can do, we can say all the dialogue and it works for everyone. Then sure. And and it was part of why I did my senior project the way I did. Not that I had to act in it at all. I could have easily found somebody else to mm-hmm. do it. But I figure I'm like, why not take advantage of the equipment they had here, they had the nice booth. And I mean, I could have, you know, set up anything. We did set up anything when we did Keith the Henchman. We set up like a little voiceover booth Yeah, right, thing yeah. we did whatever. that in so the apartment. And in the living room, Did yeah. some Foley art too as well. Yeah, I'm so proud of that one. <laughs> that would turn out, that was such like a, on the cuff, once again, I feel like our best projects are kind of on the cuff. Yeah. Um, the ones that we didn't plan at all or we kind of just took it as our own. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did that because we had, it was funny because I think our friend who was shooting the project and well, it, it was his project. We we kind of we had given too much time for rehearsal. Correct. Because I think by the like second hour, third hour, we had pretty much gotten it done. But we had like five more hours left to do because well, we forgot it was daylight savings. So we had an extra hour of light and we needed it to be dark. Uh huh. Yeah. So we had to wait for obviously it to start to get dark and then actually get dark, which we had a whole hour of light or whatever. So you know, it was it your idea because I remember mm. we were all we were all on the back porch of the house. I think you had just thought of the idea. Well, we we had discussed because we were like oh you're gonna have to be in it um and you volunteered or whatever it wasn't like you're in it but uh and you were like gonna play this henchman and somehow we were just talking about um like henchman names like wouldn't it be funny if you had a, a right i think we were just talking about like okay it's just like a one second role but like right. what's my motivation like yeah, what's yeah. all this backstory <laughs> yeah so we started coming up with like a backstory what's the name his name oh keith that's the worst name blah 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 yeah, that's no just offense to keith. Funny. yeah um but uh yeah and then and then we were sitting there sitting there and i go wait a minute why don't we try to look busy because i wasn't so worried about mike or crystal getting mad because they like they were cool and they get it and yeah it was more concerned with like the parents of like the younger people um that i didn't want them to think that we're just sitting around doing nothing like why are these kids here on a sunday night and all that kind of stuff or whatever night it was so i was like let's try to film something so it looks like you know all right we're ready to go oh, look if they looked out the window they'd see you know we're doing something or whatever and i'm like well what can we do well we have Keith here, you know. Also like a little companion piece. Yeah, so it would be funny to have this piece where it would we would release it the same day as the showcase, assuming we got in, which we did. Um, and we'd put it out there and say, hey, here is like a, a preview of what's 
to come with streetlights and you know people watch it and you're it's so random and so like in the middle third or last third of the movie where you're like okay so guys trying to like get out of being a henchman like what yeah and then you kind of have this sympathetic feeling towards them hopefully and then when you would go and see the showcase that night you'd see the movie and you're like oh there's the henchman oh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know so then it was just like that that was the payoff it it was a funny uh, delayed punchline to him yeah 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 so i don't know if anybody did that or if that happened no because my dream envisioning of of, of the joke working at the showcase would be like him me getting shot in the head and you hearing in the eyes like keith no yeah that would have been like okay it worked. That was worth Or it. like, ah, uh, <laughs> something like that, where it was like an audible, like they watched it and that they, yeah. they had that backstory in there. But we, we still brought him back one more time. Yeah. Uh, it was like your, it was like one of your final classes. It was for a project. Yeah, I was taking a scene or a sophomore level, like cinematography class just to take, I think. And uh, we needed a final project. And I was like, oh crap, I only have like a week to do it and all this stuff. And I go, all right, what if we brought keith back yeah just kind of sort of ignored it but sort of <laughs> he somehow survived getting a bullet in the head. <laughs> to the head like it was a i mean you didn't clearly get shot in the head right i think that was the i think that's what we were going for though but there was just we didn't have time to do the effects right yeah so it's because if, if we could have been like you just got hit in the chest or something and just right but i think we watch it's very clear i kind of go like that as if i got shot in the head and then kind of slump over yeah yeah, yeah. so whatever we were just kind of ignoring it retconning, retconning it a little, yeah. yeah and uh i remember filming it and I remember we, we had this conversation afterwards because we had a light on you you're sitting on the floor and i couldn't see you yeah yeah and thank god because i was just cracking up like could not keep it together you were so funny doing this and i remember and i tell this story all the time but like i would give you just like a one line of a direction we didn't have a script for it or anything like that it wasn't written at all i just said okay keith survived he's living in this warehouse thing and you just found this bunch of shit in a dumpster and i was like and go and then i would just let you go and you're like yeah so and it was supposed to be like a vlog for some reason you have somehow you found a camera with a battery (laughs) and uh, that's what you were worried about instead of finding food or whatever and you were like yeah so i found this and this is this thing and just the stuff that came out of your mouth i was just like holy shit this guy's funny that's how i knew you were a good actor yeah i think and then i had fun with that just and that kind of with that, like, there was no, like, kind of hesitation. I wasn't, like, I, it kind of just, it was it was very natural just to improvise all that. Because I knew I could be goofy and I could just say whatever. And not thinking, like, okay, this is going to make it in the final cut, but just say it. Um, and right. the whole thing with the, the styrofoam head and the Richards <laughs> plot line, having a romance with the styrofoam head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, oh, my God. When that came out of your mouth about... Um, I faked every orgasm. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like... like what the <laughs> fuck because you, you in the past like you'll make jokes but you never like pushed it that far yeah. so i was just like did he just make an orgasm joke <laughs> like i could not believe it but it was so funny um and i think every joke made it in i think because you said there was like a nine minute extended version the full cut yeah and then, and then i think what you showed a, in class was like a shorter one it was like a two or four minute version yeah. which i cut out i had to cut out the apple joke where you eat the sticker yeah and you turn it to boop yeah so that had to come out and uh there was something out oh like the a couple of the pieces you found in the dumpster had to come out like we cut around it so it uh whatever you like the chess piece and you're like and it's just a rook and you like click (laughs) click it whatever that i think came out yeah and it was like um 
was it like a credit card or something about like a, like a gold oh digger. gold digger purse well, was, that it was purse? Like a purse yeah. or something yeah yeah I was like I was just looking and like there was a lot of cash or something like that. I made like a, a just a gold digger yeah 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 uh, crack yeah but I knew I was like this is such gold here um that i like couldn't just cut it and move on you know mm-hmm. so i did it for the project or for the assignment which i guess i got an a on i got a degree so right yeah. so who cares <laughs> um but uh yeah so then i was like i have to release the yeah, full version and i remember we list uh, or um you mentioned like the kids that keith has as toby and moon yeah because mm-hmm. of all you know we we're doing the whole keith thing and we were like, okay, you mentioned them, but like we don't see them. And so we <laughs> we had to find this picture. For some reason, we wanted them to be Mexican looking. Yeah, just, it was just something just, random. Just random. I think the tone throughout was just to be random and confusing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Which is what made it funny. Like I just don't understand. So when I went in, I I went on Google, like went in out of the room, and I went on the computer and I typed in like brother and sister Mexican kids or something like that. And this picture of these two little kids came up and I was like, perfect. And I printed it out and it was so small and pixelated. And I was like, here you go. This is your kids. <laughs> and you and you held it up there and you go, yeah, he wants to be a gardener and she wants to be an astronaut. And I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Yeah. Um, but now, of course, we took those names and made it into our production company, mm-hmm. Toby Moon Productions. Yep. Shout out. Um, which I didn't write up anything, so you... We still, uh, it's still not owned by Whitehead. Brothers, yeah, in theory, you, you own all of it. And you gave me, was it like a buck fifty or something like that? I owe you a dollar. A, a dollar. I owe you a dollar. <laughs> well, we haven't signed anything yet, so no, that's true. But we will agree to a dollar if that's okay. That's okay. I'll sign over, and nothing changes. It literally just is now protected under Whitehead Brothers. That's right. the only thing that changes. Anyway, side note: um, what other ones do we do that were fun? Now that we're just going down. No, I don't mind. I love I love doing that because I know we, that's something we kind of did. I think previous ones as well. Yeah. Um, other than our senior projects that we both got to work on. Yeah. So let me ask you this: So, how, um, in in your honest opinion, were you satisfied with the end result? Uh, you know, you could do a scale. You can do a yes or no, whatever. I was satisfied. You were with it. Um, admittedly, there were things that I was disappointed that we had to cut out. Mm-hmm. But then again, but like for like a brief second. Right. I was disappointed, but then like the next second, I realized, no, I like I understood what was at stake, what we realistically had in terms of resources and time. Mm-hmm. Is like, no, this is this is a better choice, right? And which you and Greg were great producers like that. You kind of were honest with me. I think there was one night shoot up in the cabin. Mm-hmm. We were I'm so glad we cut the scene out. It wouldn't have worked. This the scene of uh, Charlie the kid and yes. her and her father on the bed, kind of just looking at each other. Right, it's supposed to be like a dream sequence and in my head i thought like yeah that's, that's a nice scene i think that could work but i think by that point it was like 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. uh anya barris our, our lead actress who, who was great during the shoot but um it was clear that yeah she was kind of getting restless and like it was and so was i think everyone else and so we just kind of like we just need to cut this scene it's just not going to work at this point mm-hmm. nobody i think the actors no matter how good they were they weren't really i think at this point really invested to do that kind of scene right that's a scene that you kind of do at the start of the shoot day. Yeah. I, yeah, because I remember Greg and I coming up to it. I think we had a, him and I had like a little powwow first and kind of like, kind of like, all right, do you want to tell him? You want me to tell him? You know, kind of thing of like, we have to, we have to tell Patrick. That we have, you, yeah, you know, he kind of pulled me outside onto the porch. Yeah. yeah, and I remember going up and saying like, look, how, something to the effect of like, how vital is this scene to the project? Because 
you know, people are getting tired and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, it's getting late and it's been a long day, blah, blah, blah. And is the scene something you really need? And, you know, we, I think you've, not fought back a little bit, but you did want it a little bit. And then we were able to kind of, I guess I I at least tried to give myself like a chance to think about it. Right. So just, I knew, okay, I didn't just like give it away. Yeah. I at least tried to think, okay, do I really need this scene? Do I, no, I don't. Yeah. And then I think we kind of did like a trade. We, we took that out. And then I think that night we filmed very quickly uh, that the shot, which is funny, we didn't even use. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. But <laughs> which yeah. is the case of, I think we make a movie. Yeah. Of her riding her bike down the, the gravel road. Correct. Um, which was like the last shoot. That was like the last shot, I think, of shooting at the cabin. Because I think that was the last day, I feel like. Was it? I thought I thought that was the first day we were at the cabin. No, I think it was. No, yeah, I think you're right. Because then right, cause after we that, we came back. Week. Yeah. with Because that's then we had... The two adult actors. Yes. I believe. The second weekend, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we kind of, we, we did a trade for that. Mm-hmm. But then funny enough, we ended up cutting that. Um, and we actually, your brother kind of came in during the last shoot date, really the, ni- the last had, night of shooting. We added one, right? Didn't we add a shoot day? We did, yeah. Um, to do, which once again, that was another scene we had to cut. It was this uh, train track mm-hmm. sequence where mm-hmm. she's, That's right, they, she's walking her bike on the train tracks as her part of the journey to find the treasure. And I think realistically, lighting-wise, mm-hmm. um, it would have taken Kai, our friend, who was a gaffer, who he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just, would have, it would have worked because right. it would have required more lights than he had or we I was able to give him. Right. So we started like, okay. Um, and I really had, that was like, that was actually, that was more difficult to think like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then... I think we just kind of simplified it to her riding up on like this grassy hill mm-hmm. and she takes out her journal. She kind of looks at the next clue and then kind of just rides off. And then we were able to connect that to the footage that we had shot a week before. Yeah. And also I think there are other worry or at least a worry I had was about the train because it was so like we couldn't find a hard schedule, like a hard, uh, a hard established True. schedule. Yeah, so right. we were, we could have been on the tracks and the train was coming. We have lights and people. And yeah. So we were just like, eh. and especially at night, it was like, it eh. wasn't worth the danger. Yeah. Then. So, so we, you know, I, I think it worked out fine. It did. I, yeah. It was, it was, I think it was better because it was just, it was a better shoot to do yeah. than what the train tracks could have been, which could have been pretty hellish. Yes. And yeah, your brother Kyle did a great job. He came in like last minute. Um, and it was also raining too. That's when it started to rain That's right. during that shot. And he right. still did a great shot, uh, great job. He didn't have a, I couldn't give him a, a tripod, so he had like handheld this really heavy ass camera. Yeah, he had the rack focus too. Like, yeah, and it still came out great. So yeah, yeah, he um, he's good at that stuff. He's good. At, he's very good overall, but he's very good in a pinch too. Like with a little bit of the pressure on, like. Yeah, I think I just I because I, I knew that, and so I figured okay, just give him the basic directions that. Mm-hmm. Like you want him to do, don't really overcomplicate. Just down, just so he can kind of focus and do that. Yeah, and uh, for the bike scene, I where she she leaves the house or whatever. I felt like even filming it, I felt like it wasn't going to make it into the movie because I was like, it. You didn't need. I I understood why you put it in there because you wanted that like bike racing away scene. No. Like she's on the adventure, but I thought 
I think it like it just flowed. I think in the editing process, it, it came back to that kind of that rule, and not a rule, but it's almost like a guideline where you don't you don't show two people walking in into a diner and then sitting down, getting some food and then talking. Right. You just cut straight to them talking, mm-hmm. and usually in mid conversation too as well. So that in the editing, that kind of came into play again, and we just cut from her, you know listening to the end of her father's conversation in the room mm-hmm. with the light on her and she kind of raising her head up with determination then boom cutting to her riding up to the next checkpoint of her journey yeah yeah i remember the that shot being great the the one where she's watching mm-hmm. from the room and then her cutting back and forth and we kind of match the light no that was like that scene there's a few scenes where I thought, like, God, that's, like, exactly how I imagined it when right. I was writing it. Like, I thought it just kind of translated, like, perfectly without any problems at all. Yeah, and and, and we talked about – we did the, the little commentary on the on the movie, but those scenes were filmed almost a week apart, the scene where he's yeah, on the Yeah, it phone. was, yeah. I think we did hers first. He... Just – I think it was the first week up with Anya. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and it was like the last thing we did just to kind of get out of the way so we didn't have to have her come back up. Um, yeah, then, then we did um, Zach's, uh, who played the father, the the, the, the next week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty seamless. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. Um, but, you know, and no, it, this is only a theory I had, and I think you have the same theory, that the two of them, like, I don't think she ever meshed well. I don't think him. either, which is... One, I think I knew that in the back of my head, which is another reason why taking out that dream sequence was, yeah, was proper. Yeah, but yeah, I think overall I'm pretty satisfied with it too. Um, I think it it came out well, and I think mm-hmm. we did a great job of taking the script that you had and and translating it, which was very big in scope. And yeah, I feel like we retained for the most yeah, I think a good essence of that scope. Mm-hmm. Um, just realizing that, which is why I kind of, I like to write big, mm-hmm. especially if, if we know that we are going to shoot this. Right. Because then knowing that, okay, realistically, we're probably going to downsize certain scenes, but since it's written so huge and I think there's room for it to kind of shrink, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt the scene as much because I know that going in. Yeah. And even, even, um, Gerald's project was big in scope too. It was, yeah. With the police drama, with him wanting to do the single take and action. Yeah. I, I, I action would, and. I guess I think his was probably a little bit more complicated in terms of that. It just had a lot more pieces to yeah. it, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but uh, what do you call it? And it, it was it was part of why my decision to take mine out played out that way. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I really believed in your and Gerald's project. And I felt like I didn't want it, mine to come up and feel neglected or look neglected. So I was like, it'd be better if I just give it the time it needs later on, let Red keep working on it, which she did a tremendous job and I would love to work with her again. But um, but I, I knew like these two are the ones that we needed to focus on, especially because they were filming back to back. And were you confident that it wouldn't have made it to the showcase? Your, I think it would have made it in, but I would have been sitting there thinking like, eh, this could have been better like that. Yeah. I would have had to just like live with this whole idea of like, eh, it could have been better. So I was like, okay, I can live, I could, I could sit there and, um, be extremely proud of two projects that I got to be a part of, or I could sit there and be 
again, proud of two projects, but also have one that I feel like people weren't getting. Uh huh. Because yeah. it was a little weird. It was a little like my the the mm, the message I felt like didn't originally get across. Like the whole idea was it was supposed to be that the duck is kind of like nanny. McPhee or, or Mary well, yeah, Poppins. I or, think it was like, like the message comes in at the end, right. but you didn't get that impression that that was the whole point of it. Right. Because it, it, it does, it's very, um, it's kind of broken up in little vignettes of them doing stuff together, especially right. that montage sequence. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was very like, it was a little off the path that I was hoping for because... I think from the start we were, you know, we filmed it in this fall. We felt like, oh, I got to get it done so we can work on the other two. Like it just, it didn't get this, the time it deserved. So I felt like it didn't, it shouldn't have been in the showcase mm -hmm. to deserve it. So yeah, I do, th I think confidently I could say, I think it would have made it because production wise, like they were looking for technical mostly more than story. Yeah. And technically it checked the boxes, like all the audio was fine and the, you know, all that stuff. So it would have made it. I just wouldn't have liked to have had to watch it with people. Yeah, I mean, regardless of that, I still had a good time helping out on that. Um, going to Centennial Park to shoot the parts of it mm -hmm. was nice. I mean, I, I walked there regularly, so I, I walked by the little bench and the big tree that we shot. Yeah, yeah. That brought in, so it brings back nice memories. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that, that decision to, to leave it out is kind of like, there's always going to be different opinions yeah. on that, but I have to kind of just respect yours because it is your film, so you have to make the call. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't regret at all taking it out. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would have, like I said, I would have regretted more leaving it in than taking it out because as soon as I took it out, it was kind of like, okay, I don't have to worry about trying to finish it right now. I can worry about you guys and what do you guys need to do your projects. That's what I was focused on. I was like, these two have the right stuff here, and I want to make theirs the most, the the best it could be or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I knew. You know, you guys needed different things. You needed voiceovers or, you know, additional photography or, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of both of those films. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go too much into Gerald since he's not here to, like, talk about, talk about his. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it led to now... Another, a I mean, this was the second time I was working with Mike, so this is the third, but now a third project that I'm going to be working with Mike on. And we continued to grow our connection, I guess you could say, yeah. to now translate into uh, me directing him in a project. Nice, yeah. Which I'm really excited about. Should be. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was a good addition to work with. Yeah, and I just spoke to him yesterday, I guess it was, and he uh, he's really excited to work with us all again. So it uh, should be a good time for sure. Yeah, I'm excited uh, if you're still up for you know, tonight, kind of hammering out the details of the script. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can do that. Um, where have we been at? Huh? Uh, we're over an hour for sure. Oh, yeah. So um, we can wrap it up. I, you know, we got such on a, a little like memory lane tangent, which is fine. This like is fine. I mean, I like going down memory lanes, and these are memories I like going, I like remembering. Yeah, they're fun. Um, I'm sitting here with a smile. I feel like I've had the whole smile on this whole time talking about them because they're so fun to like, oh, remember we did this? And yeah. and like figuring out, like problem solving on a set is my favorite thing. Yeah, and like I, there have been moments doing projects for the school where there have been problems like with the radio show. Mm -hmm. And like there was that point where I think 
uh, we were supposed to do this really big production with a lot of people. And I, for the life of me, could not figure out the technicals of it. And I mm-hmm. was like freaking the fuck out because <laughs> I was leading it. I was basically, I was basically the, the close, like unofficial president. Right. Of, yeah. Um, and I just had to cancel the whole thing. <laughs> it mm-hmm. felt so like, oh, it felt so bad. Uh, but I guess that was, I, I learned from that mm-hmm. and which made uh, helping out with problem solving on my projects a lot better. Yeah. Um, of course, I had two great producers on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks, but don't count Greg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, I, I, I love figuring it out. Like David Lynch had something to say where he was like with, with, um, uh, oh my God, Eraserhead in like even probably all of his films. He never has enough money to do what he needs to, but he goes in a way it's almost better because if I just had money to throw at the problems, it, you wouldn't get these like out there solutions and, yeah. and, and, and things that a lot of times people are like, mesmerized by these like iconic things that happened almost weren't by planned, accident yeah. or weren't planned and stuff. So it was just a lot of fun to figure out. I'm like, and like, look with, with Gerald's project, like we kind of mentioned, we got there, we had an extra hour of sunlight. Okay. What do we do? Boom. We, we, we created a whole nother short from it and, a whole and, a character character, yeah. and all that kind of, and then actually technically two shorts from it. Cause we had the two, the character that would then go on to be Toby, Moon, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, right. for Toby Moon. Um, so two shorts out of it and, you know, we figured out. Oh, and then remember, um, the one girl left that was supposed to right, be right. And we, I think, her was it her sister? Kind of another girl's sister, sister came. Okay, in. yeah, yeah. Which was a huge thing. I mean, to have only two people in there would have been like it would have worked, but just that that was number a little like, bit more. Of a it numbers. was weird. Yeah, like two would have worked, but it's kind of weird that like three is what we needed. We yeah, needed three people. And then- yeah, three, four would have been fine too. But yeah, three was like what we needed and yeah she came in and did it and it worked out i mean i wasn't there to be able to speak to her obviously like that whole situation happened when we were i think doing keith yeah uh, the henchman um and then i just missed that chance to correct it but like i said it kind of course corrected itself with the uh sister being there so but all right man Thank you for being here. No problem. It's always a delight to do this. Yeah. The trip down memory lane is always good. Yes. But uh, thank you and uh, much love to you. Much love to you, brother. All right.